With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. The Chargers are out of the playoffs. You know, the Chargers, uh, you think they're going to zag when all they do is zag. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I told you they were going to stick with Staley and they were going to change some of the staff. Whatever your impulse is, do the exact opposite. Try that one out. Earlier on the show, host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. Coming up, ESPN NFL analyst Robert Griffin III, Fox Sports NFL analyst Daryl Moose Johnston. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yes, it is. Can confirm. Show me on TV. And there I am. <laughs> I love starting hours like that. Uh, I'm also on the radio, uh, by the way. Um, well, you know what? We're on the radio. And and I'm not including you. It's the royal way. Well, I'm Hyde, sorry. I just can't if stop. If you're here, then, and I'm here. There is an I in Rich and Eisen. Um, but anyway, it's the Rich Eisen Show on the Roku channel, which is free on all Roku devices. Free. Select, uh, select Samsung Smart TVs, Amazon Fire TV, the Roku app, the RokuChannel.com. We're also live on Sirius XM Odyssey and also this Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio affiliate, smart enough to be part of the Rich Eisen Show radio network. We're also sitting here uh, getting ready to talk to Moose Johnston in hour number three, just like we just said goodbye to Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. Moose is calling Eagles, hosting Giants. He just finished up calling Seattle versus the Niners, and he also knows what it's like when you're watching, uh, well, knows what it's like to play in Cowboys versus 49ers. And so that's going to be a great conversation in hour number three. But joining us right now is one of my favorite people that I've gotten to meet really um, up close and personally over the last year. Uh, And it is so awesome to watch him blossom and become such an important voice covering the National Football League. And then, of course, a delight to listen to with Mark Jones calling college football games. Joining us from the worldwide leader in sports right now to kick off hour number two, right between Super Wild Card Weekend and the divisional playoffs is Robert Griffin III. How are you doing, RG3? Hey, Rich, I'm doing great, man. And uh, I appreciate that introduction and, and really just being involved with you ha- has been a blessing, whether it's uh, Run Rich Run or you having me on the show. It's been, it's been a delight to, to really be a part of your world, brother. I appreciate it. Right back at you. Right back at you. And um, uh, look for my call for uh, April. Uh, we're going we're gonna to do the run again, Robert. So uh, hopefully uh, we can get you back so you can run even faster this time <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a lot of fun no doubt about it is even even better so let's just jump right into it what's top of mind for you uh i'm gonna you know instead of asking you a direct question what what truly is a top of mind for you it, it can be involving a playoff game or what happened this weekend or anything that's going on 
uh, with uh, with players that aren't playing or hitting free agency? What do you think is top of mind for you, Robert? Yeah, Rich, I think you know where my mind is at. and I think everybody saw it on, on Monday Night Countdown, and if they didn't, you know, it's just a conversation surrounding Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, I love everybody on our set, and, and when we have those conversations, we're not afraid to, to speak openly and speak freely. And when it comes to Lamar, there's just been a lot of negative narratives that are, that are being created about him uh, that aren't necessarily true. So I tried to clean that up uh, after talking with people inside the building and talking with Lamar. Um, you know, he didn't play in the game uh, in the playoffs and hasn't played down the stretch of the last part of the regular season because he was injured. You know, grade two PCL injury. And he didn't go to the game because he was sick. You know, he got examinated. Uh, they diagnosed him as being sick, didn't want him to travel with the team, so he didn't travel. Um, so it's not that he didn't want to be out there with his teammates. It's not that he wanted to be there to support them. Uh, he just physically couldn't in that moment. Uh, so I feel like a lot of these other things that are being said are really just trying to weaponize uh, the narrative against him and truly try to blow that relationship up between him and the Ravens. Uh, I'm not saying that it's, there aren't any difficulties there with the guaranteed money or or him wanting to you know, a new contract, but that had nothing to do with the reason that he didn't play. Well, I mean, and so when if you spoke to him, did did you ask him why he felt the need to tweet out his injury information? Because you you and I both know that is one of the most provocative things a player can do. Certainly, when a team feels whether it may be or not, I don't know. Uh, the team feels that they're that they've been there for him and trying to protect him and get him better. Uh, Robert, yeah, listen. Listen, no, no coach lo- loves loves it when players are putting out information that the team's not putting out. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I've lived what Lamar is going through, so I, I can't speak for him in that regard. What I, what I feel is that there was a lot of negativity going his way, and he just wanted to get it out there that, you know, hey, guys, I, I really am hurt. I'm really injured, and, and this is what's going on. Now, the team – uh, you know, they got HIPAA violations and, and guidelines that they got to go by that they can't put out injuries unless players actually want them to. So in that situation, Lamar was the only one that could speak to it. He ultimately decided to speak to it. And I think that had, you know, might have had something to do with just a lot of the public backlash that of people, you know, saying that he wasn't playing because he wanted a new contract as opposed to him just not being physically able to perform. Well, I mean, and, and for me, Robert, it's it's not the sense that he's like, you know, I don't have a contract, screw it. You know, I'm, to hell with you. Uh, then if that was the case, then then why did he play the first, right, two-thirds of the season, exactly. right? I mean, but but it, it is a sense of, you know, you didn't pay me, so why would I brace it up? Why would I run the risk? Like, that's that's the sense. Like, not, not screw you, just a little bit less um, – uh, enthusiastic about getting out there, you know what I'm saying, Robert? I mean, I'm, I'm, you tell me if I'm off. You spoke to him, and, and obviously you've lived it. But that's the sense, and that's where I, my spidey sense goes off. That something's up between the two. That that is significant. Something's up, right, Richard? Yeah, Rich, you've been in this business for an extremely long time and done it at the highest level, right? You're only kind of keep keep climbing. I'm speaking that into existence for you. Thank you. You understand that in TV, uh, we all, all we're able to do at times is speculate and give an opinion. But if Lamar had a contract and he wasn't playing and he didn't play the last six games and he didn't play in the playoffs, no one would say anything to the contrary other than he's hurt. He's physically unable to go out there and play and be Lamar Jackson. It's not about him not wanting to play. 
So now when you take the contract and you put that in there, I'm not saying that people can't feel that he's not playing because of his contract situation. What I'm saying is that's not a fact. That's an opinion. The fact is he's not playing because he's hurt. And, and that's where the whole conversation kind of went off the rails a little bit uh, on our show, just because two things can't be true. He can't be not playing because he's hurt and also not playing because he doesn't have a new contract. It's one or the other. And I believe that he didn't play because he was injured. Robert Griffin III from the Worldwide Leader in Sports Countdown and a college football analyst right here on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, let's just jump right into it here. And you tell me which team in the Final Eight uh, would you put your Robert Griffin III marker on right now? <laughs> well, I mean, right now it's got to be the, the Kansas City Chiefs. Ah. Um, you know, Mahomes is, is going to win the MVP. Uh, Jalen Hurts would have won it if he didn't miss, you know, a couple of games there down the stretch. But what Mahomes has done uh, has been nothing short of amazing this year. After losing uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, they came out and they were, you know, more efficient. Uh, let, they used more guys to be more prolific. And, you know, they still have Travis Kelsey. They still have a Hall of Fame tight end, Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame head coach. Uh, and it showed. Uh, what they were able to do and what he's been able to do has been amazing. Now, their defense hasn't been all that great, but they have difference makers uh, on that front line with Chris Jones uh, who can wreak havoc up front. So when I, when I think about that, that, that would be the team, and it's not because they're playing the Jags, because I think the Jags are actually a really hot team right now uh, and have a lot of belief in what they're doing. Um, it's just gonna, they're going up against you know the, the Kansas City Chiefs and the team that that is primed to make another run towards the Super Bowl. Witnessing what you did Monday night, does that uh, does that give you more um, confidence in the Cowboys, or you just feel that they did what they did to a lesser opponent finally, right? I mean, like that's a team that was playing down to opponents that they are more talented than and can eviscerate like we saw on Monday night. What, where do you stand on the Cowboys now, having seen what you saw? Yeah, Rich, I just, just imagine like, the the load of pressure that was on the Cowboys going into that game and, you know, the stakes playing against the seven-time Super Bowl champ and Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, uh, a team that, you know, I picked I picked the Bucks to win that game uh, because I believe that they would figure it out like they had later in the year. So for the Cowboys to go in and for Dak to play the way that he played, I've never seen Dak play better. And it's because of the stakes. It's the best playoff game he's ever had in his career. And he was, he was doing it after coming off a, a disappointing loss against the Washington Commanders in the last week of the season. I thought all of that combined gives, I, gives me confidence. You know, I can, like I said, I don't speak for myself. It gives me confidence that they can go uh, and make a run towards the Super Bowl. They're just running into another team in the San Francisco 49ers mm. that is the number one defense in the league. They, they, they pride themselves on running the football, and they've got playmakers all over the field on offense that give you nightmare matchups on the defensive side of the ball. I'm not saying that they can't beat the Niners. I think they can. And when Dak plays like that, I mean, he had a fire. He threw that touchdown that he threw uh, where he scrambled around, and I think he threw it in the end zone to, to Dalton Schultz uh, or one of the tight ends. He landed right in front of me and Booger McFarlane. And the, the fire that he had on, on that play, like that's the type of player that all the Dallas Cowboys – want to rally around that's the guy that everybody's been wanting to see more consistently from Dak so if he plays like that and I think it's very easily doable for him he was he was dialed in and on fire 
Man, they, they could be really dangerous in the playoffs. So if you're hanging with Booger, uh, then you must have seen Sapp and Brooks too, right? All, oh, my goodness. Right? Oh, yeah, I definitely saw Sapp. How could you not see Sapp? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, uh, Sapp, Booger, and, and Brooks, those are some very prideful men with a ring on their finger from that place. No doubt about that. And uh, So what do you? what's your best sense what happens with Brady, Robert? What do you think? Oh, man. You know, if you took Brady's press conference and Aaron Rodgers' press conference, you would think, <laughs> man, both of these guys are done, right? They're, they're almost saying their farewells. But I think that's just the byproduct of being in that moment. Like, Brady knew going into that game, like, there's a possibility this could be my last football game. Rodgers knew going into his game, this could be, there's a possibility this could be my last game as a Packer. So I think they're just looking back on everything in that moment. They're disappointed with the result. And they, they want everyone to know that, you know, they appreciate it and they appreciate the journey. But I think once they step away, they'll be able to take some time and, and truly think about it. Um, so for, for Tom Brady, like, this is his life. This is what he wants to do. He retired and came back because he realized he missed it. And he's been in the league for, like, 50 years, right? The guy still wants to play football. So I think if, if he – is still dedicated himself to the game. I think there's a great chance that we see him continue to play. And I, yeah, I, I, I would love to see it because, um, because could you imagine? I mean, he threw it 66 times, Robert. He threw it six. Yeah. He's and he's a 45 year old guy who threw it 66 times. We will never see somebody his age uh, throw what um, for 21 more times than the than the number of years he's been on the planet. I, it's it's unbelievable what he does and what we take for granted. And the, the sign that I, I took that it could be his last game was the fact that his parents were in the tunnel. You know, his family was right. in a tunnel down there on the field. And I don't know how, how often that's happened. We had Rick Stroud at the Tampa Bay Times. He said he's never seen that before. Now, clearly, his, his parents could, could have, you know, take another trip next year to say goodbye to him if he has another final potential game. It, that, you can't say that that's a definite. But, you know, I, I'd love to see him play again. I would love to see him play again. And I'd love to see him with the weapons and give it one more shot, because this 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 just didn't feel like it. it. It just felt off from from the from the minute they started playing football this year. To be honest with you, yeah, I, w- I would yeah, I would even say, Rich, that his parents being there is, isn't necessarily a sign that it's over, but a sign that they they realize that it could be over. right, right, right. Brady yeah. Brady understands like what what's going on. Um, but yes, they, they've looked, uh, they haven't looked like the Bucks all year. They just couldn't get it in sync. They couldn't get everything on the same page. The protection uh, up front because of the injuries w- was a question. Um, but Brady can still throw the football around. He can still throw the pill around. A couple things got to happen. I, I do believe Gronk's got to come back. They need, Brady needs Gronk. And if they can get healthy and stay healthy on the offensive line and, and have a running game, if he stays in Tampa Bay, they still have a really good chance to, to run it back one more time. But, I don't think it's about those guys on the team wanting to get Brady another ring. The man's got seven of them, right? I think it's, they're going to try to convince him to come back because they want another opportunity to go get a ring with Brady. And I think that might be the, the selling point that they can get him to come back for. Last one for you, Robert Griffin III. You said earlier, you know, if Dak can play like that, and then, you know, you could clearly fill in the, the, the rest of the sentence. What about Daniel Jones? If Daniel Jones oh, yeah. can play like that again, uh, I, the 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 analogy I used on the show on Monday, and there are numbers to support it. He looked like Kaepernick to me. He looked like the oh, Kaepernick. Okay. He, he, yeah. he looked like the Kaepernick that showed up in Lambeau Field, you know, in the NFC North back in the day. And as a matter of fact, he and Kurt Warner, um, 
prior to Daniel Jones, Cap and Kurt Warner were the only quarterbacks in the history of the NFL to win their first career playoff game with 375 uh, or more offensive yards all by themselves. I I, I just okay. I, I don't know, man. Daniel Jones can he, you know he he looked amazing. What do you? How far do you think the Giants can go, Robert? Yeah, you know, I, we talked about this on Monday Night Countdown. Um, people are, are sleeping right now on Daniel Jones's dual threat ability. Yeah. So you talk about it 375 yards. Obviously, Cap did it a certain way. Kurt Warren did it a certain way. But Daniel Jones did it both ways, right? He's yeah. 301 passing yards, 78 rushing yards. And right now, we, we you can talk about all these, you know, sayings or whatnot, but let Danny dime. That's not really him just drop back, pass it, and just picking teams apart. Like, it's his decision-making, you know, making sure he throws the check downs, getting the ball to the right guy, throwing it to the open guy. He's doing all that at at an extremely high level. And then when it's not there, he's using his legs with urgency to get out of the pocket. And I think that's the biggest difference year to year for him. He's making great decisions, and he's running at the right times. And I think all the credit goes to Daniel Jones because he's been under fire all off season and all year for his play. And he showed up big time this year for what was expected of him. And then also Brian Dable, right? The fact that he came into New York with a roster that wasn't as talented as the one he had in Buffalo, and he was able to get the most out of it, right? He didn't complain. He just put a plan together to get the most out of his roster. It just shows you how much coaching matters. So uh, Daniel Jones, you're talking about if he plays like this, he's going to have to play like that and some, to get a win against Philly because Philly is, is the better team all around and they can beat you in so many different ways, uh, even if the game gets ugly. But Daniel Jones, uh, he, you, you could argue that he made the, the impression that he should be the guy moving forward based off the way that he's playing right now. So then I, here's my last question for you. The road team that will win this weekend, because it usually it, it does, it's, no, it's a very rare – occurrence to see a divisional round playoff be a complete home sweep what do you have for me on that <laughs> robert griffin the third the road the road team man you know the Joe. bills seem like a team of destiny right you know uh, with, with everything that they've been through this year um man Cow- it, it, it'd have to be either the cowboys or the Bengals. i feel like um but I'm not confident in any of those, Rich. I bet. I think the home the home teams this year are, are so strong. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a clean sweep. Okay, Robert. Thanks for the time, as always. Really, let me know whatever I could do for you with you anytime. You've got my number. Please do that. Let's chat soon. Appreciate you, Rich. God bless. Right, it's right back at you at RG Three Sticks on Twitter and Instagram. Look, I, I throw the name Colin Kaepernick out there, knowing. What a manhole cover that is to throw around, and you're talking about playoff quarterbacks. Lost amongst the obvious conversation as to why Collins not playing anymore and what happened with him and is the fact that he was a dynamite quarterback with the chips down in the early parts of his People don't career. want to remember or acknowledge that. A dynamite quarterback when the chips were down don't let's not forget alex smith is a first overall selection Mm -hmm. colin kaepernick i remember meeting him when he first time i ever met him was in the hallways of nfl network when he was coming through 
from the University of Nevada mm-hmm. as a prospect, college football quarterback prospect that few people were talking about. Very few people were talking about. Nobody watched him play on you know ESPN nationally. Nobody watched him play. But he was just tall, and he was just towering over me. Towering. And I'm like, wow. Who's going to draft him? Niners wind up drafting him. Goes there. And remember when Harbaugh put him in? Took Alex Smith out and put him in? I mean, just think about it. And the Niners were rolling, too, at that point, right? They were doing well. Would you mind looking that up, Christopher? Yeah, and Alex Smith got wrecked. I was looking up his uh, playoff game log. That that first playoff game against Green Bay. I have it here, too. The numbers... Are just, ridiculous because yeah, Kurt yeah. Warner's on this list. Three hundred again, three hundred and seventy-five or more offensive yards in the first career playoff game and a win. Okay, okay? Kurt's on this list because he threw for three hundred ninety-one passing yards. Right, that's why he's on this list in his first career playoff game. I think he also had five touchdowns. By the way, that's Kurt coming out of the gate. Well, okay, all right, kiddo. You're on that magic carpet ride. Again, that's the whole conversation. If there were shows like this one back in the day, it's this just whatever people said about Brock Purdy going into this weekend, fill in that blank mm-hmm. with Kurt Warner's name If back in 1999 if there were first takes or yeah. shows like this one, right? I remember going, wait a minute, the running back from Penn State is quarterbacking yeah. Rams? Like, what do you mean Kurt Warner? That's right. <laughs> with the C. <laughs> with the C, yeah. yeah. The famed Seattle Seahawk running back. <laughs> And so that's how Kurt came out of the gate. Colin Kaepernick went into Lambeau Field. Well, I imagine game time temp had to be... Not warm. Okay. It was at night. I remember this game. Yeah, I remember too. I'll tell you the game time temp in a second. Look at that. Because I just remember they were playing like some man coverage sometimes. And they turn around and... Here comes this like nine foot tall guy who gets five yards per stride. (laughs) Not as bad as you thought. Okay. 48 degrees. Okay. Honestly, like the guy took two steps and it would be a first down. Unreal. He had 263 passing yards and two touchdowns on that night. Now, Danny Dimes, if you will, just had 17 carries in this game for 78 rushing yards. The one that he just had. 301 passing yards, 78 rushing yards. That's how he got over the 375 on 17 carries. Kaepernick carried it. 16 times for 181 yards rushing. I'll do the math for you, Rich. That's 11.3 yards a carry. For two touchdowns. He threw for two. He ran for two. I just remember the Packers were like, Uncle. Yeah, like, like, they were yeah. tapping out. Yeah. And he was the, the he run phrase. around the edge, and it was like, eh, okay, we can't stop this guy. <laughs> Truly. Folks, we cannot forget how amazing he was. Yes, yeah, so he came in in week nine, Rich. So that was against St. Louis when Alex Smith got blown up. Kaepernick entered the game, uh, went 11 for 17 uh, for 117 yards, and then started the rest of the season. Yeah, Harbaugh and Harbaugh, stuck with him. Harbaugh stuck with him. Remember, he's like, really? Yeah. Yeah, Alex Smith was 6-2-1. and one. Right, and, and, but this is the moment yeah. that Alex Smith was drafted for by mm-hmm. Mike Nolan, the previous administration, just to be ready for this moment. And they sat him, and they put Kaepernick out there and made it into the red zone with hardly any time left in the Super Bowl. And Michael Crabtree still thinks he got held. That's probably right. 
Kaepernick, after that game, went to Atlanta in the NFC Championship game, went 16 for 21 for 233 yards, missed on five passes. He only ran it twice. And then in the Super Bowl, he threw for 302 yards and ran for 62. Touchdown in the air, touchdown on the ground himself. Come on. He was unbelievable. And I'm telling you, when I watch Daniel Jones, I'm sitting there thinking, where have I seen this before? Where big, tall guy, first career playoff game, and he's just wearing everyone out. But just how good Jones was throwing it and slinging it and running it, Kaepernick was 3X in that game, right? He was like a superhero in that game. Yeah. Just figured we should spend some time talking about that. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We'll take your phone calls. Uh, interesting conversation that we saw from our uh, our friends at uh, Good Morning Football that you saw earlier this week. I'm like, yeah. let's uh, let's just rip it off from them. You know, It's called I mean, sampling, as Dan Patrick would call it. Yeah, that's what, in the rap world. Which yeah. coach would have his legacy altered the most with a Super Bowl run and win? Coming up. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, powered by Granger, with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Let's go to Gene in Florida. It's been hanging on for a while. What's up, Gene? Hey, how you doing, Rich? Uh, I love this new Roku channel, I can tell you that. Atta hey, boy. That's what's up, Gene. I like it. Shout out to Roku Gene. Joe. I like the way it's set up everything about it. Excellent, Gene. I got a little, a little a question for you. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson, I, I'm, I'm from Baltimore, grew up in Dundalk. Uh, I haven't been a big fan of Lamar just because 
I know he's a super player, but I just don't see any longevity. I don't think it's sustainable the way he plays. If Baltimore, and this is kind of a challenge, if, if Baltimore says, all right, we're not going to be able to work it out, we're not going to be able to give him what he wants, time to move on. How can we help ourselves next year? Yes. What steps could Baltimore take? Assuming a scenario that Baltimore's kind of done with Lamar. I, I I don't know because their entire operation, the minute they benched Joe Flacco in 2018, was arranged to run the offense around Lamar Jackson. I mean, to say that they've been all in on him is an understatement. Um, and and so I, I clearly you can change things around. Um and I mean, you can. For, I mean, could, could we deal them early and like get some draft picks this year? Maybe I mean, in this draft, not 2024, not 25. No, but right now, our team yeah, but year. I mean, it, this is not the the draft to have first round picks in for quarterbacks. One would think. I mean, as talented as Stroud and 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 Bryce Young, and this is going to be part of the conversation that we're going to have over the next several weeks. Combine, by the way, is about five, six weeks away. And, and then the draft, as you know, is late, late April in Kansas City. Um, this is going to be part of the conversation. Next year is the year that you want to have multiple picks. And the year, you know, so if you can get multiple picks next, the, in 2014 and, tw- in, and 2000, uh, I mean, 2024 and 2025, you can package them together and maybe go get one of these generationally talented kids. I, I, I don't know. Um, again, and, and thanks for the call. Gene, it really all depends on how this team is feels about Lamar, and and like I said, you know, uh, you heard Robert Griffin say, "I spoke to him; he's hurt." I spoke to him; he was sick. I spoke to him; this is an unfair characterization. And then I, I get the exact opposite from other people. You know, thank goodness it's not my job to be an information man or woman. I, you know, it's my job is to synthesize and and and. You know, uh, and and tell you what I think. And again, my spidey sense says that there's something going on there, and that um, it it needs to be. Um, and they're doing it clearly behind the scenes because if it is the way that I'm hearing some people say it's it's not good there, then they. I mean, you want to talk about an outstanding. Well, they do have an outstanding communications team there, but an outstanding communications plan. Hey, everybody! The minute there's a microphone in front of you. We're talking about how great Lamar is and how great this situation is. And no matter what was going on around here, this is the face front conversation and everyone's going to have it with a smile on your face. And I guess Sammy Watkins didn't get the memo. And, you know, in, in a fit of peak, J.K. Dobbins saying we could have won with, with if Lamar was starting. I, I kind of went off that reservation a little bit. But everybody else has been in absolute lockstep. And the next time we see or hear from John Harbaugh or or – uh, De Podesta, their, um, I mean, DeCosta, their their general manager, will be at the combine. Won't be for another five, six weeks. So you could put that to bed. Now, let's talk about this conversation. Um, let's have this conversation. Because you came in the other day and said you were watching Good Morning Football. This is when your car was uh, was not on, uh, on blocks, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not fun. And your tires weren't flat. But um, you said there was a conversation that my colleagues on Good Morning Football had about which of the final eight coaches would have the most legacy-altering of their resume 
with a win in the Super Bowl yes. this year. Great. Yeah, which coach legacy changes the most? Okay. For the Super Bowl. It's win. a fascinating conversation. I, I really enjoyed it. And and topic. so let's go um one by one. Hoskins, you dealer's choice. You dealer's choice, our coordinating producer. We're going to start with the Saturday game, Jaguars and Chiefs. So, would a second Super Bowl win for Andy Reid alter his legacy? I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, regardless of what happens the rest of his career. Yeah, I think. I, I, yes, and that's fine. But that takes you now from one to two. And maybe a first ballot, maybe not. Discussion, I'm sure. But now you're guaranteed first ballot, and you're talked among the all-time greats. Okay. So you got that. As opposed to just a guy who had a run with Philly, never got over the top. Did he get lucky because he got Patrick Mahomes? Ah, come on. And now it's, you're the guy, this is your offense, you lose Tyreek Hill, and now you go back to the Super Bowl and win? Let me answer your higher register question. Did he get lucky get Patrick Mahomes? Everybody thought when they were trading up was for Deshaun Watson. And then we were all sitting there in Philadelphia going, oh, Mahomes, huh? They must see something in this kid. That a lot of the evaluators were talking about his upside, but not over not over uh, Watson. So they chose him. They chose him out of a lot of options, and uh, and I'm sure they thanked the uh, <laughs> they thanked the Bears for taking Trubisky off the board first. Um, but so all right, I think yes, of course, two is better than one, and it would be amazing that he wins this one, and it would be remarkable for him, but. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be the most legacy-altering of them all. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, right, it does just, change it. It puts him on a different okay, tier. Okay, let's just, all. interestingly enough, let me just do the do this. There, There's only, let me get this right, there's only three coaches this weekend for whom we would be talking about a second one, and one of them happens to be across the the field from Reed, and we all know he's an Andy Reed guy. Doug Peterson. Peterson. You know, so here's Doug Peterson. Now, I would proffer to say this. Of the two coaches on this field for whom this would be a legacy-altering run, it would be Peterson over Reed. I mean, we you could you could basically say that. I mean, Doug Peterson went a second one. We're not talking about Doug Peterson as a Hall of Fame head coach right now. Two, where he wins one, the first one ever in Philadelphia – something Reed couldn't do, and then does it for Jacksonville, takes over a team that picks first overall for a second straight year and turns Trevor Lawrence into a Super Bowl quarterback on the spot, certainly after the kid threw four interceptions in his first first half of playoff play. That would be wild. So when I brought this up to, to say you, the least. Peterson was my pick simply because of that fact. You took the Eagles – who had never won a Super Bowl, who, mm-hmm. as a Cowboys fan in the rest of the East, were, we were kind of happy to hold that over their heads no matter what. He wins an Eagle uh, Super Bowl with the Eagles, gets a statue. He wins a Super Bowl with the Jacksonville Jaguars? So You, you legitimately are speaking about this guy and, and just revered tone. Well, so well, suddenly, suddenly he's on the, the – he's, he's Brian Billick, he's John Gruden, and now he's Tom Coughlin. Now he's – it, you know, well, we've I, talked about in that other realm now. Well, the other realm would also be winning one with two different teams. Which I don't think anyone's ever two done. Different teams I don't think anyone's ever done. Two franchises yeah. who had never won a Super Bowl All right, before. so let's place this aside for the moment. 
Or do we want to do it like tournament style, like Peterson advances? I think Peterson advances. I personally, I don't think bracket. any way that well, we do this, going. he's not going to be the winner. Oh, hold on a second. <laughs> hold on a second, because let's oh, talk might, about the third coach that's coaching this weekend who's already won one. If Mike McCarthy yeah, right. wins, Mike McCarthy. Yeah. if yeah. Mike McCarthy takes the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl and he becomes the first coach to win a Super Bowl with two different teams, and he takes the Cowboys to a spot that everybody not named Johnson, Landry, or Switzer. Switzer is done. Okay. And he does this after everybody's been talking about him the way that 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 they have that he's got a street named after him in Green Bay. Two of not just two franchises that he would take to the Super Bowl, two of the most legendary legendary franchise. vaunted yeah. franchises. I don't want to. I don't know if Dude. I can live in a world where Mike McCarthy is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Come on, man! You go from toll taker to Super Bowl winning head coach for the Packers and Cowboys. Yeah, like it, you you win for either side of the the ice bowl. You're in. I, I mean, that's a lock. So okay, and then you've got Kyle Shanahan. If he takes the 49ers to the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy as his quarterback. Come on now. Like, what would that mean for him? I don't know, again, if it would mean so much. Any first-timer, you could throw him in the yeah. mix and Dayball and Suriani in the mix that they would have a Super Bowl ring on their finger. Ask McVay how it changes things, right? Ask any guy who's got a ring on his finger. Okay? John Harbaugh. We're talking about Jim wants one. John's got one. It's a father-son situation now with Super Bowl Correct. Ring. He's got his dad had two. He's got one. His dad got one with a McCaffrey. Two of the McCaffrey. He's got one with a McCaffrey. I mean. It would erase a lot of the 28-3 to stuff. Because he was the OC for Atlanta, obviously. Dayball and Sirianni. To take the, I mean, for Dayball to do this with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley in his first year as head coach, to do that, and Sirianni to go ahead and take the Eagles to the Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts in a season where a lot of folks thought, yeah, the Eagles can win the division, but the whole damn shooting match? What about Sean McDermott? To be the guy who finally took the Buffalo Bills to the mountaintop and finally. put and yeah. put a parade in Western New York, and I mean, the you want to talk about lit? What a parade would be like? I mean, that figuratively and places would be you know there would be there would be fires on fires and stuff like that. Hoskins just said something that is kind of disrespectful that he would pass Marv Levy in Hoskins' book. I don't know about that. I don't. Hoskins is the is the Bills diehard fan, so Bills fan. I'm not so it's not like he's just he's yeah. just jumping on a bandwagon here. I mean that's a legit that's legit. Also, Sean McDermott, the only quote unquote defensive coach among the final that's eight. That's true. That's true. To be the first Buffalo Bills head coach to win a Super Bowl, and then of course you got the Bengals. You know, Bungles. you've got the Bengals. <laughs> the Bungles. You know, for them to finally break through and bring a championship. So you you've got. I understand that you've got an opportunity to win your first, and that would change your legacy. Obviously, you've got mm-hmm. a ring on your finger, and you'd be able to stare at it the rest of your your days, and 
and you've got a championship team and you've completed it. But it would be hard. I mean, at this point in time, I'd have to settle on the two coaches whose legacies would be altered the most is Mike McCarthy and Doug Peterson. I completely agree. And then, and then the question to the – if I had to – with, with Kyle Shanahan right there, right there, Shanahan goes in, you know, along with Bill Walsh and George Seifert to win a Super Bowl ring for the San Francisco 49ers and that, finally bring one back there, right there. You know, right. So, Freddie DeBartolo's nephew – you know, like that—that that is impressive, and certainly to do it with Purdy, to do it with the last pick in the draft and three different quarterbacks on the season, that would be a story, obviously, and it would be an amazing legacy story with his father. You want to talk about legacies, obviously, family and tradition. But, Football's family. And Doug Peterson, though, to take the Jaguars, the Jaguars. to the Super Bowl with Trevor Lawrence— but I'd have to say I have to when it all comes down to it. It's Mike McCarthy. It's Mike McCarthy, right? Yeah, because yeah. he kind of goes from oh, we all poke a lot of fun at this guy. You know what I mean? We every year now with Dallas is is he coaching for his job? Suddenly now he wins the Super Bowl. He's in the Hall of Fame. You'd have to put him there, right? Although, Without question. Yeah, right. First guy to win a Super Bowl with two teams, and not just any two teams. Green Bay and Dallas, the two of the most iconic teams. In the history of the National Football League, done. First ballot, it's over. And also with Mike McCarthy, you know, and I'm noticing this as the season goes on. Anytime something goes bad for Dallas, it's all fingers are pointed at Mike McCarthy. Yeah, right. And it goes and it goes well. It, his job, his job's in trouble. Blah blah blah. Like think about Mike McDaniel, what he did this weekend on the not knowing yeah, it was fourth no. down. Mike McDaniel, by the way, got off easy, in my opinion, because no one's talking about that. My Lord, imagine if that had been Mike McCarthy Forget it. who did not know it was fourth down in a playoff game. Or so, he was told by his staff it was fourth down and didn't have a play ready. Didn't have a play he, ready. Said, he was told by his staff he said it was first down and then when it was told it was fourth down, didn't have a play at his. But again, that's his first rodeo and again, what have I'm you. I'm just saying with McCarthy. No, I get it. I get it. And I would hope. I understand. And there's a saying that, the, you know, you would hope the apology is as loud and as public as the disrespect was. Yeah, don't and lose I, that intensity to use the and Michael Irvin phrase. And I hope that if this Same team intensity. does win, people give this man his props because he's had this Sean Payton, like, ghost look looming over weekend, him. But look at this week. Look at this Monday night in that respect. Look at Monday night. Hey, Dak, Dalton Schultz, Tony Pollard, CeeDee Lamb. Kellen Moore was dialing up, wasn't he? You, hey, Micah Parsons and Vander Esch and the rest of those guys. Yeah. Boy, Dan Quinn's going to get a job somewhere, isn't he? Who's, uh, someone's name hadn't been Yeah, written. Mike McCarthy. Uh, just oh, Jerry like, Jones? Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. That guy. All we're talking about was his kind of dance moves that he said was between breakdancing and a gritty. <laughs> you know? And so uh, I, I got to go with him. But Doug Peterson right behind him and Kyle right behind yeah. Pete Peterson. I think you're right on that one. 844-204-RICH, number to dial right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. Moose Johnston will come up. Moose. He's calling Giants-Eagles and just called the Niners-Seahawks, and he's played in Cowboys-Niners. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. 
You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. That's true, and your business is growing fast and even more true, and there's a lot of uncertainty. Guess what? Not every business, though, is so uncertain that they don't know their numbers. Not every business is in the dark. There's over 33,000 businesses that know their numbers because they use NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, planning, budgeting, and of course, inventory. You can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. Know your numbers. Know your business and get to know how NetSuite can be the source of truth for your entire company. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio right now. NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio. NetSuite.com slash Rich Radio. Didn't talk about it yesterday. Let's talk about it now. Jim Harbaugh staying at the University of Michigan. Hey. So that's two years in a row where Set your watch, he has <laughs> now gone ahead and dipped his toe in the National Football League coaching carousel pool, only to pull his toe out of it and stay with the University of Michigan. This news was terrific to me and everybody else for me, and, and it was it, 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 it's great news. He says, my heart is at the University of Michigan. I once heard a wise man say, don't try to out happy, happy. <laughs> Go blue says Jim Harbaugh. I'm like, don't out and try to out happy, happy, meaning, meaning you're really happy. No, what I, I, it means he's happy and it's great. So meaning that he was trying to think, could there be more happiness somewhere else? And if that's the NFL for him, if that is the NFL for him, you know, I, I'm kind of torn between, of course I want him to be head coach at Michigan. I love him as head coach at Michigan. And for me, it's, it's personal because when I arrived on campus with a lot more hair and a much thicker New York accent <laughs> uh, in 1986 as a freshman there, he was the quarterback. He was my first ever quarterback. When I first was introduced to Michigan football and first went to games in the big house, that's my quarterback. <laughs> 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 so it's personal for me, and there's so many others who feel the same way. But it, 
you get the sinking feeling. Is, is this is this it? Is this over? Is this going to be every year? And and my yeah. only reservation to this being an every year thing is what does it mean for recruiting? Yeah. If he, I saw a video of him like walking around with weights and doing like shoulder lifts with weights in, yeah. in the state of Washington. Like I he's saw already, that too, yeah. he's already like he does stuff like that in in recruiting, and kids kind of like, dig it. They eat it up. Kids' houses, right? And it goes yeah, viral, yeah, yeah. and it's fun. Like right. that's what you need to do in the twenty first yep. century. So, and that kid may be sold, but the next coach that comes in with each passing year can say, yeah, you go there, but how long is he going to be there? Mm-hmm. And it gives credence to those statements that are made, no doubt, by the competition in recruiting. And if he can overcome that and still get the right kids to come, I don't care then. It sucks to sit through it every year for a week, two weeks. You're wondering, is this it? What's going on? But last year kind of informed me in this year. Last year, I was like, oh, God, it's signing day, and he's literally on a Zoom with the Vikings, or he's literally in a a meeting with the Vikings. I guess he was in Minnesota, like personally, face-to-face. And I'm like, what a way to follow up one of the greatest seasons we've had in recent years. What's going to happen? How's he going to recruit the right guys? How's he going to get the right coordinators? How's he going to get it all straightened out? Then <laughs> they went thirteen and zero. So, all right, let's do it again. Because a bunch of kids coming back, as you know, Blake Corm kindly chose this show as the platform to announce he's sticking around. Great, let's run it back, Cornelius. He's sticking around. Yeah, let's go, run it back. And if they win it all, and the NFL comes calling again. I'll buckle my seatbelt. Would you be okay, though, at that point? I don't know. If he wants to go at any point in time in our number three coming out with Moose Johnston, any point in time he leaves and he's happy to do it, then fine. Then, then, then we'll find somebody else to coach, and I can only hope it's as good as him. You know, no hard feelings. I wanted him to come. He's here, and it's just this is part of it. It's part of it. Yeah, this is part of the. In the same way experience. with Belichick, you're just not going to get much from your coach in press conferences. Yep. You're not going to get that. Yep. You know what you get from most coaches and from Jim Harbaugh. It's clearly like wondering if the grass is greener on the NFL side of the fence still, or you know, like what's happening here. You or need me? <laughs> but also, he's out here. He knows what that grass is like. He's no, I know. You know yeah, so, but he hasn't tasted the ultimate. You know, and then so. One last thing on this subject matter, because I know that the haters are going to hate and troll and what have you. So did you see, you know, Taylor Lewan put out there a video celebrating Harbaugh coming back to Michigan? See what Compton wrote back. He wrote back, ah, yes, the doormat of the college football playoff is back for another run. Oh, man. <laughs> Lebron said, rather be a doormat in the college football playoff than just a doormat of college football. Then I wrote back, might as well cement the Bussin Trophy to the shelf in Schembechler Hall. Let's go. Let's go, Will. We got our guy. You got Matt Rule in his vest, his red get, vest. We need to get Will on. We came, we came close. We almost had a year 10 appearance today. Oh, dang. We'll get him on next week. Let's do it. And we'll talk about that bussing trophy.